Hi everyone, I'm Wax. And I'm Manina, and welcome to the second episode for Season 2 of Usapang Usbong. Before we get into our episode for today, we'd just like to promote another initiative Usbong has for this month. In line with World Clean and Green Week, Usbong Philippines has contacted Winder Recycling Company and offered to help in collecting donations of single-use plastic, which will then be upcycled into garden pots. Following that Usbong also has a fundraiser plan where the proceeds will be used to purchase the upcycled garden pots and donate them to Elsie Gatch's village, a government institution that provides care and rehabilitation to abandoned, neglected, dependent, and founding children as well as adults with special needs. These pots will allow their community of individuals with special needs to have a new daily outdoor activity to do, gardening or urban farming. If you would like to support or donate, you can check out their social media platforms of Usbong Philippines at usbong.philippines on Instagram or on our Facebook page at Usbong Philippines. By now, you've noticed that it's not just Monine and I for today. Today, we're joined with two members from the Filipino Students Association of Toronto, or FSAT. Hi, guys. Thanks for having us. I'm Marie, and I'm um, the Education and Philanthropy Coordinator. And uh, my name is Ian, and I'm the Administrative Affairs Coordinator of FSAT. So just a little bit about FSAT. We're the Filipino Student Association at the University of Toronto, and we're currently a student-run club that celebrates the Filipino-Canadian culture and identity. Wow. Okay. That's big. I mean, since when have you guys been in Toronto? Have you been in Toronto your whole lives? Um, I've been here for 15 years. I think this is my 15th year in Toronto. So I'm basically like born and bred that's a Canadian. <laughs> um, I was actually born in Manila and I spent roughly half of my life in Manila and half of my life here in Toronto. So I can say I've had the best of both worlds and I've had amaz- both amazing experiences in Manila and in Toronto. It's pretty cool. Um, Marie, have you ever, so you said so you've mentioned that you've been there for 15 years. Have you ever come and visited um, the Philippines before? So I lived there from like ages one to five, and then I visited okay. in 2012 and 2018. Okay. Um, but whenever I go home, I definitely feel more like a tourist than I do like visiting yeah. something that's familiar to me. Yeah. <laughs> when you come home, um, where do you usually stay? Um, my mom lives, um, her family lives in Rizal, so we go there. And then my dad's family is from Manila, so we just stay either in Rizal yeah. or Manila. Um, but I've been to a couple other like i've been to like Koran, for example so visiting just yes. around the island and stuff because wow again it's super like for me i'm a tourist versus like <laughs> yeah. you guys live there yeah how about you well, ian? What about, yeah what about you ian well, when was the last time you were able to visit um i think last summer actually yeah i went home after first year and i think once after after during christmas break i went back home to spend time with some family yeah mm-hmm. So where in the Philippines do you live? Like where in Manila? Oh, um, I live in San Juan. San Juan, born and raised. Born and raised. <laughs> yeah, so um, I'm well aware of Promenade, V-Mall. I know my way around that area. That was like my second home oh. growing up when I was in grade school and high school. Because I studied in La Salle Green Hills. So oh, La Salle Green was, Hills. Yeah, yeah. It was a short walk from the, the Green Hills area, Promenade, V-Mall. So I, I was literally there all the time yeah because before <laughs> i moved here to toronto i actually oh no, stud, studied in savior so okay. i'm actually a savior boy okay. <laughs> yeah one pride one glory <laughs> Woo. okay yeah. so like how is it like there in canada with all this covid situation yeah 
To be very honest, it's not that bad. Like when I hear about yeah. what's going on back home, I'm like, whoa. Because here I'm we can like start it here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> here we can like go out and like I've gone within the past couple of weeks to like visit friends at restaurants, and I feel like that's probably not the same as it is it's there not. right now. <laughs> yeah, we really can't go out. <laughs> I think yeah. we're we are the country that's been on lockdown the longest, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So yeah, we're, it's pretty bad here. Adding on to what Marie said, it's been really chill because um, when quarantine first started around March, everything just closed. It was every, immediately shut down. Everyone just go home, just stay alive, right? And then yeah. things started to open up gradually, like April, May, June. Patios open, so like instead of rest, we can't actually stay inside a restaurant and eat, right? So a lot of like the pedestrian streets have converted into these outdoor patios where we can all eat and just hang out in Uman, right? So wow, it's still summer. <laughs> yeah. So we can still enjoy our summer, right? But then we still manage to respect the fact that there's a pandemic going on and we can't really like screw around, right? Yeah. So all tables are six feet apart. Everyone has a face mask when going indoors. But then besides that, like life has pretty much come back as close to normal as we can get at this point. So... Okay, let's continue. So last episode, our members talked about some misconceptions about periods. Today, we'll be talking about what exactly menstruation is and what menstrual health education is all about. We did consult with some doctors to prepare for this episode, and we'd like to thank Dr. Ana Lisa D. Isip and Dr. Grover Cleveland R. Salamanca, who are both OB-GYNs, for sharing with us their insights about our topic. Oh, for you, uh, for you guys, um, Marie and Ian, is the topic of menstruation as taboo as it is here, or it's pretty open there? I think it's still taboo here in some senses, but not as taboo as it is there. Here, yeah. Like there definitely still is stigmatization that occurs here, but I think the conversation here is a lot more regular, and um, we kind of do talk about these topics at like in school settings, which makes it easier to just bring up because like it's something you learn. And if you're in a school setting, it makes sense to just be able to talk about it with like whoever, because it's like, oh, remember in class, we like whatever. Um, So I feel like, yeah, it's it's still stigmatized in some senses. And I think that's more of a social aspect, but in terms of how we talk about it educationally, we're pretty open about it. Yeah, and um, adding on to what Marie said, like, Progressively, the dialogue around menstruation has gradually been diversifying and opening because now it used to, previously in Canada, it was sexual education used to be divided. Okay, guy teachers teach guy subjects, girl teachers teach girl subjects, right? But now what I've been seeing is that a lot on the more primary and intermediate levels that sexual education is now a co-ed experience, whereas now guys can learn about girl reproductive health whereas girls can equally learn about guy reproductive health so in mm-hmm. that sense the stigma starting to wear down but though there a stigma still does exist and that's a very culturally it does exist but slowly and surely it'll as time goes on it'll surely wear down yeah yeah no actually that's pretty interesting because um one of the things that are sorely lacking at least with our um, education system. I, I don't know if Monia shares the same thoughts, but then we need, we don't have a sexual education um, class. Like yeah, it's not I really, really yeah, it's, it's not, not really endorsed. Country, yeah. yeah. I think that you, it owns up to the fact that, you know, you, uh, I'm 
I'm pretty sure as you guys know the Philippines is um super uh super Catholic. So those kinds of topics are pretty taboo, which is um it's actually nice to hear that you know you guys are getting or learning about uh, menstrual health education and sexual education at that. Um, you know the topic today is really about menstrual health education, but I think before we get into the gist of that, um, I think the first thing we really need to do before anything else is to explain and define what exactly menstruation is. Yeah, um, let's begin by saying menstruation is a very regular bodily process. Um, it's a regular discharge of blood and endometrial tissue from a woman's uterus. And it occurs, begins at menarche, basically your first period, which is around ages 10 to 15, maybe earlier, and it ends at menopause or the cessation of menstruation, which is around 45 to 48. And a menstrual cycle occurs more or less monthly. When that's why it's called a cycle. And it can usually range between 24 to 35 days, but on average, it's about 28. And a woman is most fertile or the egg is most viable to be fertilized around day 14. So what exactly causes the menstrual cycle is actually a fluctuation of different hormones, especially estrogen and progesterone. And menstruation or the shedding of the endometrial tissue is actually the beginning of your menstrual cycle. And that bleeding usually lasts between three to seven days. However, if an egg is fertilized, estrogen and progesterone, so these very key hormones that help maintain and regulate the menstrual cycle, are maintained and different hormones are produced, which disallows the continuation of the menstrual cycle, which is why when you're pregnant, you actually don't have your period. So, and this happens to anyone who is able to cycle through the ovarian, the changes in the ovary and the uterine, changes in the endometrial lining of the uterus cycle. And a common misconception is that the menstrual cycle is just a single cycle, but it's actually a synchrony of two different cycles, which are the uterine and the ovarian cycle. Basically, the creation of the egg and the creation of your uterine lining. However, it should be said that this is not actually just exclusive to women. And it can also include people who are trans, intersex, and non-binary. Um, and it's really important that you get to know what your period is like and understand that your period is important because it is showing a sign of good health. Um, and some common signs or symptoms of what your period might look like um, can be best explained by PMS or your premenstrual syndromes. Um, which it can include and is definitely not limited to just crankiness, but also any abnormal menstrual cramps, acne, tenderness of breasts, fatigue, bloating, bowel issues, headaches, mood swings, lower back pain, difficult sleeping, or changes in appetite and sex drive. So clearly it really does affect not just, I guess, how you're feeling, but it shows physically in so many different forms. And this kind of experience is very individual to the person experiencing it. Um, if any case that you are experiencing anything like endometriosis or any serious mental health side effects, it's important that you do see a clinician because it could actually end up being premenstrual dysphoric disorder, PMDD, which is a lot more serious than just what PMS is. Um, and a good way to know, personally, I would suggest how your body's functioning is to track your period, which you can do monthly and there's a lot of apps for that um, one of them being clue i think that's the most popular one um, and by using something like that not only are you understanding the way your body functions but you're also observing what it 
what your period is like and what is regular for yourself. Um, so you know why sometimes you're acting a certain way or why certain things are happening in your body. And it's also important because if something irregular is happening, you're aware that there is that kind of abnormality and you have a way to kind of like record it and better explain to a professional what's going on and why for you in your situation, that's abnormal. There's something new every day. <laughs> I mean, my, my knowledge, my knowledge on, on this whole thing is, was very basic. I mean, until you guys um, mentioned all of that. Uh, my, my knowledge is very basic <laughs> in a sense. Actually, when you stated about the um, app regarding um, tracking your period, well, I actually do that. Because sometimes it also shows like when you ovulate or like you're soon to getting your period. So like sometimes when I feel like cranky and then I just check my calendar and be like, okay, I'm near, like I'm yeah. about to get my period. So like, yeah, so there's really a good advantage of having an app and tracking your period. So yeah. So knowing that, it's crazy to think that there is such a negative environment when it comes to discussions about menstruation. Yeah, honestly, I think it is very unfortunate that that is the case because I know that a lot of people who experience their period really suffer from the kind of different negative and shameful experiences they've had to go through. I think, like mentioned before, we're pretty lucky because back, um, over here, we do talk about it in our educational system starting from like when we're preteens and but I guess in my case personally it wasn't something we talked about within my family um so my mom never talked about it and when it kind of happened my mom was like oh do you know what's happening and I'm like yes <laughs> <laughs> um but for me and my sisters because we never really had that open discussion within our family it was kind of hard to talk about it until much later on which I feel like it's probably a little different considering you probably learn about what menstruation is like from your family considering it doesn't come from the educational system. Um, but because it is talked about at school here, it has helped a lot to be able to normally discuss that with other people, um, like with my friends, for example, or just the people around us because they know what it is and what's happening. And because of that, I never really felt ashamed about it personally. And in the past when something embarrassing has happened to me, more than anything, I got help rather than humiliation. And I think that does stem from the fact that there was more open talk about it. Um, however, there still is, I think, definitely a lot of misconceptions that happen, um, that people have, and a lot of misinformation and lack of proper education here, because there is still a sense of stigmatization um, from both the people who do and don't experience it. Like, it's not just limited to the people who don't. Um, so I'm really lucky with my own experiences, but there still is misinformation. And it is definitely more important that although it is talked about at school, it gets talked about in a deeper level because um, it's important to know what exactly is happening for yourself and to help you understand, I guess, what's going around with the people around you. Yeah, and um, I, mean, I totally agree with what Marie said because um, when I attended elementary school here, I went to a Catholic school. So, and you wouldn't really expect a Catholic school to teach reproductive health, right? So, but then to my surprise and to my parents' surprise, I still had an education on reproductive health. So, it's different because coming as a guy, 
we are not really expected to know what a woman goes through in regards to menstruation. And yeah. even when we do learn, it's on a very superficial level and more often than not reduced to stereotypes such as, oh, she's PMSing. Like, what do we expect when she's PMSing? Oh, just don't talk to her. She's getting very cranky, right? By her food. So yeah, and by her food. And that's all we need to know, right? And then, and because of that, like, for example, in my Catholic school, I only learned about, like, what a guy's reproductive health is. And just, I had to learn, like, what a woman goes through, through what my mom was talking telling my sisters like what they should expect because in my family it was pretty open like oh you're having a period okay that's just your period dude like it's normal like just nothing to be worried about right like all right cool like nothing's changed you're just this is something you have to deal with and I totally did not understand what was happening at the time so I was like what's this like what's this thing that you just bought for her like I don't understand the need for this but then hey like if that's what happens that's what happens right and yeah. I think only now that I can appreciate that I still had a very open environment in my family in regards to that, because if it weren't for that, I would certainly be a lot more confused. <laughs> but now it's yeah. just no yeah. more of an acceptance like, oh, okay, like this, this is what a woman goes through and this is what I should expect. And this is how I can support a woman undergoing this process. No, that actually, that's actually pretty um, on point. I mean, from the guy's perspective, I mean, I can, relate with what uh, Ian was saying because um, growing up, I mean, in my household at least, growing up, um, it was only me, my younger brother, and it was my mom. So for the longest time, we grew up um, not really having to know what, what um, menstruation, what menstrual, or the periods, basically. What we, didn't, we didn't know that uh, we needed to know about it. Um, it was only recently where my little sister was born not on board so uh, it really didn't occur to us that we had to learn about that especially since it wasn't taught in school which I think um, played a big factor in it in it being taboo around I mean at least in the environment I grew up in yeah I don't know about Monina though well for me um, as a woman um, well back then in high school um, menstruation wasn't really talked about that much so like before when my period was like irregular um I didn't have that app thing yet where you know I can track <laughs> my period and stuff since I was irregular so like you know my period just comes out of nowhere and um I don't really have um the time or like I don't have the proper um hygiene product with me like the pads and all that so sometimes I get um, embarrassed or shy to ask my other classmates if they have extra pads or something or like whenever I go to the bathroom or whenever I need to change my pad like I'm like shy to ask my teacher or my prof um, can I use the restroom because I need to like change because sometimes it doesn't just it's not quick to change a pad no, like, definitely for, not. <laughs> for the sake of our audience to know it's not like you just we needed to pee and you know washed and you know snow <laughs> we have to be hygienic so like sometimes it takes us um more than a minute so yeah so that's my experience growing up um here in the philippines it's a very taboo thing it's a very taboo topic here in the philippines so i mean which is why this um podcast 
is all about um, how important natural health education is. Has it changed at all? Like, like as you got older, did it become less taboo? Or is it still, like, even now? Well, I actually don't really talk about it with people unless I'm, like, really close to them. Oh, interesting. how taboo it is here. Oh, even with your friends, it's not, like, normal? No, no, it is. But, I mean, like, with other people, like, oh, I got my period. And people are like, okay. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, they don't really care that much. And they don't really know much about it and stuff. So, yeah. On a guy's perspective, though, growing up, I mean, I actually learned more about it than I, from my friends than I did in actual school. Because um, usually, uh, my friends, uh, my girlfriends tell me, oh, I have my period. But then, of course, as a guy growing up in a Catholic school without much knowledge on periods or the menstruation cycle, your, my first reaction would really be like, when people, that, when girls tell me, oh, I'm on my period, would be like, you want any food? Or, <laughs> or, or yeah. okay, do you need some space, right? I mean, Ian gets me. It's, yeah, I get you. Yeah, like, yeah exa- right? Like, <laughs> exactly. Because okay. we don't have much knowledge in it. I mean, all we know is, um, I don't mean to sound super judgy or anything, but I mean, it's the reality of, at least it's the reality of guys here in the Philippines that we don't really know much about periods or menstruation. Yeah. So we only know the superficial details, the shallow details about it. Have yeah. you ever Googled yeah. it? Like, I feel like now, now that that's accessible, no, out of curiosity, I'm always on Reddit, like, what is this? <laughs> Have I ever Googled what is a period? I have not Googled okay. ever what is a period. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's speaking for, for me. <laughs> I don't know, because for yeah. me, it's like, um, I know, like, when we were learning about it, it's like, oh, that's pretty cool, huh? It's like, it's pretty cool. <laughs> but then we never, like, <laughs> went cool. beyond that. It's like, because we were never expected to know more than that. Right? It's like, that's just, exactly. like, period is, that's left to the mom or to the, the females of the like, yeah. family unit. Usually for I know like for guys it's we're like our first big experience of becoming a man is learning how to shave, right? Mm-hmm. And that's Agreed. it's different. Like and for a woman it's it's probably getting your first period and like that's your what I don't know a lot of women feel is the first step towards womanhood, right? And it's a it's such a gendered or sexualized experience that and there's there's such a big disconnect between what guys see it as and what women actually experience and that i think that big gap is what really like prevents any effective discourse because some guys just just afraid to know more about it right it's it's a unique it's a very foreign experience and you bleed from there like that's that doesn't sound normal right it's like we don't want to like some guys don't want to know more than that for them it's a very like foreign concept exactly grasp right wait okay considering both of you Wait, I know Ian has sisters. I don't know if she, Okay, do you have I have sisters? a sister. I have a sister, but then she's eight. So Okay, never mind. Okay, but you have a mom. You have a mom. Have yeah, you ever mom. had to buy sanitary products for your family? And did you ever feel awkward from that? For my family, no. But then I mean, I have a girlfriend, so I wasn't mm-hmm. I I never really shied away, you know, from buying those kinds of products because it's just napkins. I mean, it's not like you're buying cigarettes or anything. I mean, yeah. Right? So yeah. I never really saw the, the shame in it. 
So yeah. But like, oh, did you get confused of what to buy? Oh you know, no! Like, she tells she, she tells me what color. Yeah, she tells me what color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know that. She, she tells, tells me, the me color. what color. <laughs> and she also tells me the brand Tampax Pearl. And oh, no. she tells me if I need to buy the ones with wings. Yeah, wow. wings. Yeah, wings no call wings. it wi- yeah. wings or no wings. Okay, I'm, I'm super curious. How do you think wings work? Like they wrap the around wings? the panty, right? That's what I like. They wrap around, so it stays there, right? They don't wrap. They don't. Oh, I thought they wrap around the thigh. Oh, <laughs> right. I knew it. Okay, I. <laughs> this is what I was expecting. <laughs> okay. It, are both of us wrong? Well, you can try it. No, no, okay, 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 good. Okay, I'm like, oh no, I'm not doing this correctly. Yeah. For the longest <laughs> so, time, I thought it wrapped around the thigh. <laughs> but how though? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> no. Maybe they thought the wings were like sticking. Ah, at the thigh. Okay, okay, I see. So yeah, yeah. Now, now that we got now, that out of our system, now we know. <laughs> yeah. Um. What do you think can be done to eliminate social norms surrounding the topic of menstruation? Well, I think, you know, first it's important to understand what menstruation and um, menstrual health education really is. Like what we've been saying um, the past couple of minutes. Um, So you guys know that we uh, interviewed two doctors, uh, Dr. Grover Salamanca and Dr. Annalisa Isi. So according to them, Menstrual health education is an understanding of what naturally happens to your body during menstruation. So you can be aware of it and you can try out measures to lessen its impact. I don't know what you guys think about that. Is it um, on point for what you guys have learned in your classes over there? Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. It's pretty much, yeah. yeah what I, that was yeah. my understanding of menstrual education. Yeah. And we also asked, actually, why learning it is important. Um, according to uh, Dr. Annalisa Isip, um, it helps female adolescents address questions about the normal process of menstruation and to get informed answers because there are a lot of myths, uh, such as me and Ian talked about <laughs> a while ago. <laughs> but there are a lot of myths out there. So um, according to them, at least, uh, the two doctors, the two OBGYNs that we uh, got in touch with, it's really to debunk those myths and to be more data-driven and informed about these things. Um, I was actually reading the interview and the research that they put together, and there's a lot of things I actually didn't know that, uh, I, like what I said can, uh, a while ago, you learn something new every day. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, menstrual health education, according to um, Dr. Salamanca, um, it's best taught when um, they're young and early prior to onset of menstruation so that um, these young women will be informed and would see the symptoms of menstruation as normal since it's a normal thing to happen. And so that they can be aware of the symptoms, um, you know, PMS. Um, they'd know what to expect, basically. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I feel like also when you get your first period, it's nice to know what's happening rather than just being like, huh? Like, what is <laughs> it? Yeah, like if you learn it at a young age, at least when it happens, you're kind of aware of what's going on. And it's not just like utter confusion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like from a guy's perspective, like, 
I can't imagine, I can't really like fathom the fact that like, for example, like pre-adolescent girls aren't educated with the fact that they're about to have their period. Because like, for example, like if I were a girl, right? And suddenly I just feel like, why am I bleeding? Is something wrong with me? Like, like it's, that's not right. You're not doing right by these girls that you're not teaching them how their body functions. I just think that's wrong. Right. Exactly. Which is kind of, yeah. Which is frustrating here. I mean, I'm not, I'm not the, not the woman, obviously, because I, I don't even know where wings go. So, um, um, I'm not the woman. But then, you can really sympathize with people. I mean, women getting their periods for the first time that they don't have um, proper knowledge other than what their moms or sisters, if they have, tell them. Um, which is why I think sexual education really is. I mean, at least that aspect needs to be taught. Um, not only not only for women, I mean, even for guys. Because you never know, uh, situations may arise where you may need to talk about it with your younger sister. or We don't, we don't know. I mean, that's why it's better to be safe than sorry in these kinds of things. Agreed. Agreed? Yeah. 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 And well, it's kind of long overdue that it still isn't normalized and accepted here. <laughs> Oh, to be honest, I mean, these things I should have known before, but then I only f- learned about the date. So that's pretty you, sad in a sense. But you can't like blame yourself for that if that's what your society or I guess the social norm is like. And the fact that you're even here right now talking about it yeah. is like a huge step forward. So like, yeah. kudos to you, like for reals. <laughs> now you Pat myself where- on the back. <laughs> <laughs> See, like, I think what I'm still confused is, is because didn't we pass the reproductive health bill, right? Was that passed? That was passed, right? Yeah, I think it was. If I'm not mistaken, I think it was passed. And, yeah, so sexual education should be a mandatory part of like most schools, right? It yeah. should be, but then it hasn't been Some fully implemented. implemented. Yeah, oh, okay. Which sucks, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> traffic lang. And you traffic know, lang. it's traffic. <laughs> It hasn't arrived. It's still stuck on EDSA. It got caught in the traffic jam in EDSA. Um, but, you know, there are also actually a lot of communities here that uh, don't have access to uh, resources to teach um, menstrual health education. Um, they don't have resources to menstrual health products. And, the, yeah, they don't have the means to learn it. So I know it's even more important that it should be common knowledge to all of us. I mean, all Filipinos, men, women alike. Um, so we can help each other out. I mean, if it, if it really is taboo and schools don't teach it, I think that falls on us, you know, as yeah. responsible citizens to talk freely about it with other people. Just there is awareness, there is knowledge about it, you know. And I guess by also just talking about it in a social setting, it just becomes a lot more normalized. And like, it makes it, I don't know, I know of some women who have had experiences where they were kind of shamed for it. So it's nice to know if you're educated that it isn't something wrong, like there's nothing wrong going on in your body. And it doesn't have to be like embarrassing to like, for example, like, take a pad to the washroom like I'm literally like stuffing it up my shirt or something (laughs) because I don't want to get caught but if it becomes something normal then even in social settings it's just kind of like oh whatever like you live in your life cool and I don't see why it can't be a social norm because 
it's something that happens to your body. It's not like you have control over it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So I don't know. No, but sorry, I'm curious about um Canadian locals. Is it? I mean, in the culture there, is it really as taboo? Um, I don't know what I'm comparing it to because I really only know what it's like here. Oh yeah. But I think it is. I want to say it is a little more normal to talk about. Mm-hmm. If anything, I feel like at least within the community of people who experience it, rather than it being taboo, like people are like genuinely shamed for it. So like yeah. if you're young and you haven't reached the age where you get your first period, sometimes it's like you're uncool because you haven't matured fast enough. Yeah. It's just really dumb because it's like yeah. The general age range is 10 to 14, but that's, like, the general age range. Like, that can yeah. mean anything. Um, yeah. And also, like, a lot of women like to, like, one-up each other. It's like, oh, you have back pain? Well, I can't even get out of bed. <laughs> I have to go on an IV. competition. Like, like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's a co- And it's like, y'all need to chillax. <laughs> like, so I guess in an opposite way, sometimes more than it is taboo, it becomes a problem because people are ready to like fight each other for it. For it, yeah. yeah. At least it's not. Uh, sometimes uh, it's... it brings people together. Like, <laughs> True. Like when you, when, True. When you ask them, oh, you have your period? I have my period through blood sisters. <laughs> blood, that's a thing. Blood sisters are a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> yeah, it's just that when you're, um, your, your cycle oh, sync, yeah. you know, the iCloud, the iCloud sync. <laughs> yeah. Like, most especially, like, oh, what day is it today? Like, what day are you? Second day? Oh, my God, same. Like, <laughs> and sometimes they say when you guys are, like, together most of the time, they say it's it's more likely that your spirits will be more in sync. I don't know if that's true, though, but <laughs> I don't do, know. But, I mean, I just researched about it. Do do girls use the, the term? It just I just thought of it. Do girls use the term menstruation nation? And I just thought about it. I mean, if we're thinking about if we're thinking about terms like blood sisters and everything, I mean, if you guys are in, in sync, why not use menstruation nation? At least it rhymes. <laughs> That's too long. Oh, I don't know. Like, I don't know about like you guys, but my mom uses like a regular. You guys use like a regular, like R E G L A. Oh yeah. Like, that's what my mom yeah. uses. Yeah, it's like yeah. a Filipino term. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's a Filipino oh. term for it. Yeah. Crazy, man. Yeah, regla. <laughs> yeah, but I agree. A petition to change the name of the the <laughs> podcast series to <laughs> Menstruation Nation. Hashtag Menstruation Nation at that. Um, I think no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Wait, it's going to catch on, I promise. Trendsetter. <laughs> no, but actually, I, I was researching about programs for um, this whole menstrual health education thing. Um, UNICEF actually has a program called Hashtag Meron Ako, which means oh. um, Hashtag I Have. So it helps um, public schools, especially, teach their students about the reproductive system, you know, hygiene, menstrual health education, other necessities. Um, these aren't just limited to girls, but to all students. And that's UNICEF doing it. Imagine what scale it could be if the actual Philippine government sponsors something yeah. that big. Hmm. Yeah. It's a it's a good start though. I mean Do schools supply products? Sorry, this is so random. No. No. Free? Yeah, or... for free. No. 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 Yo, 
Marie, U of T is free, right? I'm pretty sure I've seen yeah, some of the dorms. You, wait, how, yeah. how, how, oh, I was going to say, how did you see? You're not going into the washrooms. Marie, you don't know that. Bro, I hope not. Basta, when I went to the dorms, they actually supply a lot of like menstruation products. Like, they provide pads and they provide tampons. Like, tampons granted, they're not yeah. the most like high quality, right? It's like they're but free. But they're like, they like, work. Yeah, even in, like, even in public school, like in elementary school, like you could go into the office and they would supply you yeah. products oh for God. free. Oh, damn. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Lucky. <laughs> yeah. There are actually vending machines usually around where they have napkins, tissue, and all of that. So you have to just yeah, put in a like, coin and then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So it's not free. <laughs> the schools here, because almost all are Catholic schools. Mm. Uh, they're not really the type to be, you know, handing out um, napkins or any contraceptives or anything. Like my public school here was Catholic, well, Catholic. Yeah. But they're still like very open about. I mean, maybe maybe it's just different. <laughs> but they were super open and super yeah. willing to like help. Well, I think. A lot of the univer- the prestigious universities here are run by Catholic um, organizations. So I don't yeah. think it, it's really as um, okay to be um, distributing or talking about those kinds of things here. Which I, I still stand by my thought that it's pretty wrong. It's pretty unfair. Okay, I have a question for Manina. Oh, okay. Go. <laughs> okay. So... What both of them have said about, like, if they know somebody's on their period, they're just like, oh, do you need food or something? Have you ever gotten bothered by the, like, phrase, like, oh, are you just PMSing? Like, have you ever gotten it turned in a negative way? Like, if yeah, you were irritated sometimes. and they were, because I heard some people say that, I mean, no offense, you guys, happy that you're offering food. We love food. But, like, it can be sometimes invalidating when you're like, oh, you're just angry because you're PMSing. It's like, no, maybe you, like, pissed me off. Yeah, actually, yeah. I mean, there's a term here in the Philippines. It's called um, toyo. I don't know if you guys, like, know that. Like, like, like soy people sauce? Say, yeah, <laughs> like, people say, toyo ka na naman. Like, something like that. Okay. Um, that just means, like, um, like, why are, you, why are you mad again? Like, something like that. Like, the word toyo. Yeah, I don't even know how, like, that became a thing. But I genuinely a- don't know how either. <laughs> Honestly. No, but legit. Like, people say that. But like, it's a thing. It's a thing. I use it. But then, <laughs> I, I use it. I don't know where it came from. I don't know how, <laughs> I don't know how the, the term started. Yeah, like, when a girl gets repaired, oh, like, oh, tinatoyo na naman siya. Like, something like that. Like, uh, yeah. yeah. So, some people say that. But, I mean, I'm used to it. So, I'm not, like, kind of mad. But, uh, sorry, I have a question, though. Um, for Monina and Marie. How are you guys when you PMS? Because isn't it different? Oh my god! Different <laughs> types of things for different types of girls. Well, my face becomes a red spot, and then. <laughs> but more or less, I'm okay. Like I don't get cramps. I, I like I'm like my friends are like you are a blessed soul. I was like, wow, thank you. But I don't get cramps. I don't get back pain. If anything, maybe I can't sleep like the first night. But other than that, you should ask the people around me because if I'm irritated, I don't know. They know. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, um, yeah, I get irritated as in like super. <laughs> like I'm like mad at everyone. 
but I don't get cramps. Same, same with Marie. But I do get back pains. Like I feel like, um, just walking around school, and then when I when I have my period, like most especially the second day, because you know second day is the strongest, um, flow. So like whenever I'm like walking in school, I feel like I'm being cut in half. Like that's the feeling. <laughs> yeah. Like it hurts. Like my back hurts a lot and stuff. I feel like I'm a Lola or, <laughs> you know. Actually, yeah, I wanted to ask you guys because like, you guys like have your like has your like family taught you like any household remedies? Because I'm pretty sure like my mom has taught my sister just put tiger balm on that. You'll be fine. Vicks. Vicks <laughs> yeah, is the yeah, Vicks, to right? So like, well, do you guys have any like household remedies for like whenever you're undergoing your like symptoms for PMS? Hot water. Well, not PMS. It's just when it actually happens, like heating packs are like godsend like we love <laughs> well for me i mean um my dad is an ob guy he, well actually he's the one stated here <laughs> so like he just tells me oh just drink advil like advil is a painkiller so yeah after that like it's gone after an hour it's gone so back to normal okay. one more question sorry when you guys are on your pms or menstruating what is the food you crave the most Oh my gosh, a lot. <laughs> it depends. Usually the junk foods. Yeah. Sugar. Foods. For me, it's sugar. Same, but, actually, yeah. sugar. Parang, I, I know, still crave that even though I don't have my period. <laughs> Same naman. I mean, I crave chips all the time. I don't think I have my period or a PMS. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are lucky. Because yeah, no, actually, PMSing is super like sometimes it's really painful or irritating at times that like not really everyone understands unless which know. is why we need menstrual health education yeah, exactly. let's plug that in again yeah. let's plug that in again was <laughs> <laughs> able to connect that <laughs> but yeah it's exactly why we need menstrual health education why we need yeah. the sex ed right so yeah uh, guys and other people can understand the pain the irritation the uh, women go through on a monthly basis. Monthly, right? Monthly basis. Actually, not just monthly. women. Actually, transgenders. And transgenders. Um, and non-binary. Non-binary. Yeah. So, like, it's, it's good that we um, have this, like, menstrual health education. Because, like, these people usually get um, discrimination due to their gender identity, which prevents them from having access to the materials they need. Like, yeah. you know, the napkins and stuff. So, yeah. And I feel like if women already get shamed as it is, I can't imagine for someone else what that's yeah, like if you're exactly. going through something and people are like, oh, but you're not whatever. Yeah. You're not a woman. You're not. Yeah, exactly. So it's. Yeah. Double the shame. Double the. Double the. <laughs> double the offense. Which but you know, it's actually. Health is important. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's why Osbong Philippines is doing such a great thing with this, you know, spreading awareness, knowledge on um, yeah. menstruation, periods, menstrual health. So props to Osbong. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a member. I genuinely appreciate that Osbong is doing something like this. <laughs> yeah. So do you guys have anything else to share? Or you want to talk about questions? Yeah, I wanted to ask, like, do you think it's more... Do you think the reason there's a stigma behind it? Like, do you think it's more because of Filipino culture or is it because of like 
a very strong our very strong Catholic heritage. For me, I think the really strong Catholic heritage is already intertwined with the Filipino culture, which is why it's kind of hard to talk about um, things that you know that are like this that don't really that aren't really in line with what the Catholic teachings are because Catholicism and um, the Philippines are said in the same the same sentence. The Filipino her- culture and Catholic heritage they're, they're intertwined. So talking about it, it, it really makes it taboo. All the but more. I feel like I feel like so. Let's say even in a country like Canada that isn't so Filipino, there is stigmatization. So maybe there is an influence in that. But I think also it just comes from misinformation or lack thereof of education. Yes. Because if you don't really know what's going on, then it's easy to just say, oh, like not to feel, A, not to feel comfortable about it or B, just be like, oh, like that's, you're just dirty or whatever. But if you actually know what's going on and you realize how regular and normal it is, then it's okay and it's less taboo to talk about. So maybe there is the religious and cultural influence, but in a general sense, I feel like it really comes down to just being informed and being aware. Yeah. True. Okay, so that's all we have for the discussion today. A big thank you to Marie and Ian for taking the time to discuss with us today, even with the time difference. Are there any last messages you guys would like to um, say to our audience? Um, just a major thank you for giving us the opportunity to part, be part of such an important discussion. Again, I think around the world, there's still stigmatization everywhere. There's misinformation everywhere. So having a platform that opens this up and that's willing to normalize the discussion is super important. And we're both super grateful to be able to be part of that and super honored. Um, I hope personally that everyone takes time out of your day if you're listening to this to just go look something up or just try to educate yourself a little more. I feel like there's so many things we touched up on, but at the same time, there's so much more that could have been said. So I hope you take something out of what we said and are willing to go out of your way to learn um, something more from this topic. Yeah, and um, adding to adding on to what Marie said, like this discussion only touches the surface of what what a nuanced topic this is, because this is this topic spans generations. Like this isn't just something that our generation has to deal with. This is this goes back way way back, and still. So if you have any time in your day, like maybe take ten minutes to just read up on what menstruation is, because like even though it's such a small thing to do. Progress is still progress and you're still one step better than what you were before. It's still one step forward without the two steps back. So just take some time out of your day to educate yourself because by educating yourself, you change not only yourself, but the world around you and how you perceive the world. And just a little plug, if you want to know more about who we are and the organization we're part of, visit our website at fsat.ca, F-S-A-T, Period. Ca. Oh, I said period twice. And follow <laughs> us on Instagram at fsa. Period. Toronto. That's all. Yeah. So thank you, Kababayans from Toronto. Um, also, we'd like to thank uh, Dr. Grover Salamanca and Dr. Annalisa Isip for helping us with our discussion today. So this concludes our second episode for season two of Ostapang Osbong. Tune in with Leona next week to get to know more about another youth-led organization and their advocacies. 
thank you for tuning in with us. Uh, we hope that you learned as much as we did today. So please stay safe and take care. <laughs>